0: Today on What Chaos, Quentin Byfield scores the goal of the year.
1: We got lots of trade deadline chatter to go through, and the buzz is buzzing. Fraud
0: watch and asshole watch. Are the Canucks assholes? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's What Chaos. Please subscribe on YouTube.
0: Howdy, everybody! It's Wednesday, February twenty-first, U.S. It is what Chaos presented by Prize Picks, DJ Bean, Sean Depaz here, and we got Pete Blackburn, A.K.A. Sick Nash, still on the mend, laying up in a sick bed like Paulie Walnuts's real mother. Wow, that was a that was a deep and lengthy nickname. I'm gonna bring yeah, I'm gonna bring you some socks to be like, hey. What a nice nephew I am, and then you say, ah, 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 "Not a nephew, a son," and then I'm Ooh. gonna s- say, "Forget it," and then I'm gonna be really mean to everybody in my family. I'm gonna throw a real like fit this. and stink the last couple of seasons. Paul, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about Paulie at the end of the, that that show's run. Real attitude how, how much
1: longer him. do you think we got of uh, Sopranos references from you? Because you've just been hammering these and. Oh. I, I do love it and I love when you can tell that somebody's in the middle of a rewatch because they just like all of a sudden you hadn't made a Sopranos reference for like you a year, mentionitis. two years. Yeah, mentionitis, And now you're just hammering it at any given any given opportunity.
0: I think I've reached the point in my life. I'm a 35 year old man where I am always rewatching the Sopranos and I have friends who have been like that. And I've been like, you don't ever want to check out any other show even if I've got other stuff going on, I'm pretty sure I'm always going to be rewatching the Sopranos because the first thing I did after I finished my most recent watch was slowly keep chipping away at it. So, uh, I think I I'm bet. always going to be referencing. You, I'll tell you what, you know, who's always, you're watching the Sopranos friend of the show, uh, Tyler, AKA troll withers. Hell yeah. That guy is always hammering Sopranos references online. He does two things online. He retweets, Gross things I don't totally understand, and he makes Sopranos references.
1: I love both those things.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love uh, talking hockey, and that's what we're going to do today. Uh, we'll get to some grab ass at some point, I'm sure, but uh, a lot going on in the hockey world. We're going to talk about uh, a very good, as they say in The Sopranos, you know, they say the gravy's good. The gravy's good today. The mm-hmm. trade rumors are good today. So we're going to talk about a bunch of those, uh, but we must start with. A goal of the year candidate and winner. I'm cool with ending the season right now from Quinton Byfield. Second overall pick in the 2020 draft. If you haven't watched the Kings this season, you might be wondering what happened to that guy. Did he ever end up panning out? What's going on with him? The answer to any question you have about Quinton Byfield right now is hell to the fuck yes. Because he scored an incredible goal late in the first period of the Kings win over the Blue Jackets last night. Jumps on a puck off the face-offs. Out races Boquist through the neutral zone, then loses his stick and regains it as he keeps the puck through Zach Warenski as he's going to the net. Finishes with a backhand on Elvis Merzlikens. Pete, three people
1: fucking died. <laughs> that's so. That's the the biggest part for me is that to to truly have a highlight real goal, like an elite highlight real goal. You need somebody who just feels a world of shame coming away from it, at least one person. And that's like my biggest problem with the Michigan, I think, is that it's hard to find somebody that is going to die of shame after you hit a Michigan. The only time that that is involved with a Michigan is if the person attempting it does not hit the Michigan. And they're the one that feels the shame. But like Zach Wierenski was so, so mad that he got his life snatched away from him by Quentin Byfield. On this sequence and like for me this this goal hits God tier for a few different reasons and it checks a lot of boxes like the end to end rush is necessary for a God tier goal. I think that you've got to have a defender at least one defender getting embarrassed Uh, and then like a falling desperation sort of finish is just mm, and then you had a couple other things in the mix there that made me so so happy you had a very slick skate to stick play uh which was unbelievable and then i think like the most underrated part of this highlight is the the stick lift of worenski as as byfield regains control and regains uh regains possession of the puck the quick little stick lift to be like get the fuck out of here and then buries it oh my god a hundred out of a hundred goal for me.
0: So I agree that that was sick. I don't agree that it's the most underrated uh, part of it because my description of the goal was the first one that hasn't gushed over that stick lift. All they did after on the replay and
1: everything really? was like,
0: oh, look at this right here!" Oh, it's just like, oh, lift just oh my God. Yeah.
1: All I was talking about I was, was that fucking busy. stick lift. I was too busy cleaning up bodily fluids to listen whatever to whatever the announcers were saying after that goal. I, I essentially, like, entered into a blackout stage for five minutes after that goal happened.
0: It's definitely the goal of the year. I don't want to see another candidate. There's no Michigan that can happen. I thought about, like, what could have made it better, and my only answer was he goes into the net, gets the puck back, and then does a Michigan to, like, celebrate and further spike the football, which at that point, you're playing against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I like the roster. They're having a down year. At that point, people would say, okay, you insulted them a little bit. With the celebratory Michigan, you insulted them a little bit. Last night was the most NBA Twitter, NHL Twitter has felt because it did have a little bit of, oh, so-and-so got posterized. And I hate that it was Zach Wierenski because we're a Zach Wierenski podcast. But there often isn't a lot of, holy fuck, this man got his soul taken away from him in hockey the way that it happens in other sports, if you get burned as a defensive back in the NFL, it's all anybody's talking about. If you miss a tackle, everybody's laughing at you. In the NHL, they really don't do that too much. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, this goalie sucked. But then you get yelled at for for complaining about the goalie. This was a not necessarily rare, but not super common mo- common moment in which a player made an incredible play. And people were like, wow, this guy's... Next stage of life is now going to be different because of what just happened to him. I hate that it was Zach Wierenski, but I do like that it happened in the NHL.
1: Yeah, well, number one, like people who aren't hockey fans on the timeline were were posting that highlight, being like, "Holy shit, gotta maybe I should start tuning into this sport." So I love whenever that happens, but also on the Wierenski thing, maybe not like the worst thing in the world for him because, as he told us. A lot of people claim that he doesn't look like he cares, doesn't look like he tries. And he, he looked like he tried, unfortunately, on that play. But uh, it also looked like he cared because he got mad after the fact. He did the old Morgan Riley, which is, hey, I care that you just embarrassed us. But instead of cross-checking you in the face, I'm going to smash my stick all over the boards on the way to the bench. Sean, play it.
0: Get off the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> we just reloaded this today. So uh, every time we mention anything involving the, the Maple Leafs, we're going to hammer that. I loved it. I also loved that it yielded, and I don't have the tweet in front of me. I can uh, pull it up, but I love that it yielded a PK Subban Googled Quentin Byfield moment, which was very great. Uh, yeah, I got it right here. PK Subban tweeted, and again, he was the 2020 second overall pick. Subban tweets for all the fans and hockey experts that are critical of players coming into the best league in the world at 18, 19, or even 20. These are boys. Not all of them develop at the same rate. This is a perfect example of an organization trusting the process. As you can see now, the result is a lot of guys reaching and Quentin teaching my goodness. And that's a big man goal of the year candidate for sure. PK Subban saw this and was like, wow, who's that guy? And then he's like, oh, Byfield." Was Byfield? Yeah, I th- he, was the, he was the kid that went, like, I forget what year it was, Googled him, was like, yeah, he went second overall. So he did end up being good. And then after Googling him, he saw that he was, like, 6'5", or whatever he is, he was like, and he's tall? Damn, I got some <laughs> stuff to say about this. God bless, PK. Not only did you see the goal, you Googled the player
1: after. Mwah. Yeah, and it didn't come, like, four days after the fact. So steps in the right direction for PK suvan Uh Also, like, if you're just arriving now to, oh, Quentin Byfield, it turns out he's actually good, you haven't been paying attention this year. He's been awesome basically this entire year.
2: That was my point. I think, I don't think that PK had to Google who Quentin Byfield was. I think it, like I mentioned to DJ before the show, I think it was just like his Oilers take. He knew exactly who they were. Well, not exactly who they were. He knew who they were. His take on them was just like a year old. He hasn't watched them in a year, so... For as far as he knows, the Oilers don't know how to play defense and Quinton Byfield is still bad at hockey. And then all of a sudden, he he tunes in. He's like, oh, they can play defense. And this kid's actually kind of good. So Byfield, who, I mean, we know his
0: career started kind of slow. This is his third full season. He had five goals as a rookie, three last season, underwhelming. But this season, 18 goals, 24 helpers, 42 points in 52 games. He's playing on the third line and he's like probably I want to say like 5th or 6th in uh time on ice among Kings forwards but right now he's playing on the third line with Pierre-Luc Dubois and if you want to sort by not the problem for the Kings this season he's near the top like if there's positives from this messy King season it's that yeah the guy you took second overall is not only worth a first-round pick, but especially in that draft, probably worth a top-five pick. I know that, that that was the Lafreniere draft. He went first overall. Rangers probably would have liked to make a different choice there. Tons of wings at the top of that draft, but if I'm looking at that draft right now and I'm the Kings, I'm probably not changing anything with what I did. Stutzla went no. third. He probably should have gone first in hindsight, but other than like, if I'm doing a redraft... I'm having the Rangers take Stutzla and I'm still having the Kings take Byfield. They should be satisfied customers right now.
1: Yeah. Like tough, tough draft at the top in terms of lacking a real sort of, you know, from what we've seen in recent years, like obviously at the top, that draft doesn't have like a Connor Bedard or, you know, a, no a franchise real kind center. Of, right. But like that draft also has a lot of good players that like there's Seth Jarvis in there. There's Cole Perfetti um like even Brock Faber was taken by the Kings in in like uh, i think 45th overall. Oh so, we'll talk about him. Yeah, we will. Drysdale like, top 10. JJ Baturka in that draft as well further down down the list. So like some good players now coming he's out get that get draft. traded, so <laughs> Yeah, maybe. So we'll see. Uh but yeah, I, by the way, you mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois starting to string together some some really nice games. So the Kings have been turning things around, and I think PLD is a pretty big reason for that. Six points in his last six games. Uh, he had a big game last night, two goals. So like him and, him and Byfield look pretty good together.
0: My only knock on Byfield is that he's a bad teammate. Pierre-Luc Dubois had two goals last night. Revenge game, he should have been the story of that game. And here comes hot shot, hot dog, Mick Byfield coming in here saying... Hey, look, I'm not even going to give you a chance to score any of your goals yet. I'm going to open the scoring tonight with this look at me flashy. I got to pick on poor Zach Wierenski goal. So,
1: yeah, back team, uh, good player. Byfield did have the uh the primary assist on PLD's second goal. Nice little pass to the middle of the ice. So, Stat Humper. They're they're yeah, they're working pretty well together and uh I like that. I like that line.
0: Uh, okay, uh, we got some, uh, news, and Sean, I want you hammering drops during this. Uh, the Morgan-Riley suspension was upheld. A lot Who of people, cares? uh, crying about that. <laughs> we had Alan Walsh, friend of the show, a lot of lease, people say, oh, it of course, it's a joke, blah, blah. We don't do hit chat, we do chit-chat. Morgan-Riley, you know what you did. It's bad behavior, you shouldn't have done it. So, you sit out. Whatever. Get That's- off the Toronto Maple Leafs! That's the Morgan-Riley, uh news pete you said you have a groundbreaking idea for like spikes and or youtube subs
1: yeah so i mean let's get our like spike going here first because three two one like spike everybody in the chat hit that like button give us a thumbs up and uh spike those likes but my idea for maybe driving some some people some new people to the youtube is you know how on twitter a lot of people have been doing that thing like oh you must be sick if you like big booty bitches and then everybody quote tweets it with like a screenshot of that monkey in the hospital with the tubes up its nose and I thing.
0: you you know that I love that fucking screenshot
1: <laughs> right Made Everybody starting do that shit now so I need Sean to go on our Twitter page and just tweet out you must be sick if you're subscribed to the What Chaos YouTube channel, and then everybody that's in the channel here right now needs to go to Twitter and quote tweet it with a screenshot or something of somebody in the hospital.
0: Sean,
2: I don't know if you heard what I just heard, but I heard the best idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, you just want me to tweet? You must be sick if you're subscribed to What Chaos. The what yes, what Chaos with, YouTube the, channel? with the link, with the yeah. link
1: to the YouTube. You must be sick. If you are subscribed to the to the What Chaos YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> everybody in the chat has to go through just like either whether it's the I lived bitch meme with that guy in the hospital or the the monkey with the tubes up its nose. No,
0: Richard Head has the best one. It's the guy uh, uh, lunging yes. at the podium to say wood.
1: But that's not like a, It's not the joke. The person has to be sick or like hospitalized. Okay. So I was
0: going to say straight up, I don't get the joke, uh, but I just think it's so funny that we're going to see that meme because I'm always down for that.
1: Right. I and was it's workshopping. A way, it's a good way to just bait some, some quote tweets to, to sh- spread it to an audience that may not otherwise see the what chaos YouTube page.
0: This is a very, very great idea. I like it. Uh there, there's Fanatics update, by the way. Did you see the uh the the uh uh Mariners player? Kyle Robbins. Yeah with
1: the see-through yeah. pants.
0: With the see-through yeah. pants. Mikey I was gonna do fanatic. the Jane Lynch meme, and it was just gonna be MLB players this season, and then the Jane Lynch meme, all the text would be changed to uh my penis is showing. <laughs>
1: I was going to tweet last night. Uh, I was going to quote tweet the video of that Mariners player and say MLB and or fanatics said we're about to show dick this season. That, that is and literally I what decided. I said this
2: morning. Yeah, <laughs> he was like he was, I was like, like,
0: MLB players about to be showing dick. We're showing dick this season. Sorry, Quentin uh, Byfield in the NHL. You had one cool moment with the goal, but uh, the MLB has thought of a they found their trump card and it's the penis
1: growing the game.
0: It's, uh, I don't know if you saw the most recent penis. episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, showing uh, balls is a big part of that. I don't love this did you season. Enjoy,
1: did, you I didn't like don't. it? I, I like the last two episodes. I thought the last two episodes have been pretty good.
0: Well, you know what I like? Uh, I like daily fantasy sports. Oh, yes. And sometimes I'm thinking, do I play daily fantasy today? Do I hop in? Do I tap in? I don't know. I'd like to make some picks, but what will my, my prize be? And then my Gumar says, "DJ whoa, you should play Prize Picks." And I say thank you to my Gumar uh, because when it comes to daily fantasy sports, there's nothing like Prize Picks. Hope everyone enjoyed a nice Taco Tuesday last night. Well, what say we keep the party going this evening? Did you know Prize Picks offers injury insurance? So maybe you got Jack Eichel going. You want to do some LTIR shenanigans? Who knows? Uh, Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. I will tell you what, when some of these places started popping up, some of these DFS uh, places, a lot of old school, I know that there's certain terminology we can't use here. A lot of old school, we'll say, uh, sports enjoyers and app and website users got mad that places offered these sorts of things. Because they'd say, hey, your guy loses, you lose. Them's just the breaks. Well, to those people, I say sorry. Because Picks is looking out for its players and all of its entries. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. And with some of the slates going on tonight, Pete, I just might be busy on that app. I swear. I just might be. So go to prizepicks.com whatchaos and use code whatchaos for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com whatchaos and use code whatchaos. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. As I said, Peter, the, uh, how are we doing on that meme, by the way?
1: I've seen. I'm seeing some pretty good ones already.
0: Uh, okay, have you tapped in?
1: <laughs> I have not tapped in yet, but there's some good ones. Okay. There's well, SpongeBob looking very, very ill with his eyeball re- literally rolling down his body. There's a uh, a woman who appears to be hooked up to her laptop via IV. So there's some good ones. All right.
0: So I did not know that this SpongeBob. Thing existed i just uh retweeted that uh do we think this yields us let's say over under half a subscriber over i hope or, over uh, but even if this is just a for love of the game thing we got time to fill man we do four yeah. shows a week that's right we th- th- this grab ass is uh needs a little elbow grease so uh i'm down with this bit one way or another as i said the gravy was good last night on insider trading. I don't know if everybody saw, but uh, they had uh, the insiders, Chris Johnson, Darren Drager, Pierre Lebrun, the regulars, the usual suspects saying what might be happening ahead of Friday, uh, March 8th trade deadline. And we'll talk about cap space in a little bit, but teams generally don't have cap space this season. It could be a boring trade deadline. They were saying that uh, there's some thought that there might be a lot of wait and see with the moves that end up happening. But once they do, it could be juicy.
1: I'll, uh, let's hit that's these interesting, one- though. That's interesting, though, because uh, Greg Wyshynski just put out a thing saying that this trade deadline could be fucking electric.
0: Saw that and uh, disagree with that. Like, if, I, if I'm betting on one of these, I'm betting on the fact that teams don't have cap space. And I know that he's citing somebody, but those guys are citing people too.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, the cap space thing is interesting, and so is the fact that I feel like a lot of teams just don't have their first-round pick for uh, for this year and some of them for next year. And we'll mm. we'll probably talk about some of those, but I, I also don't think that there's, like, r- super big prizes this year at the deadline. Uh, like, the two big centers have already moved. So they it may not be, like, the most exciting trades, but there could be a lot of trades.
0: Chris Johnson on Noah Hannafin. Flames might make another push to sign the 27-year-old defenseman, but "quote" increasingly likely he'll be traded. All these are par- if I th- the only things that are that they actually said I'll, I'll say in quotes. Uh, he's got an A-team no-trade list. They're not all Canadian teams. Believed his preference is to sign his next deal in the U.S. Tampa believed to be in on him with Sergachev out. That's probably the most likely destination for him. If they get yeah, Noah they Hannafin, that feels like a Tampa deal. They go after yeah. these American defensemen at the deadline.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, that would make a lot of sense, especially with Sergeyev. They have the money now um, with the LTIR. By the way, did you know that Brent Seabrook is on the Lightning's LTIR? No. Hilarious. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's his final year on the last uh, Stanley the Cup LTIR. pedigree, though. It's true. It's a He's cup winner. A you want him the back cup. there.
0: Uh, I don't care too much about Hannafin right now. Uh, what I do care about is Darren Dreger on the Oilers, Edmonton. Wait, wait, before you go, before
1: you move on from Hannafin, because I've I've shifted my priority as a Bruins fan to the idea of Noah Hannifin being in the Bruins because I think that would be a good fit as well. And yeah, like it. Obviously, the Bruins don't have a ton of cap space. They don't have uh, a whole lot of draft capital either. But like you could theoretically piece together a deal for Noah Hannafin if you're the Bruins. And I think that Noah Hannafin would, is, would enjoy playing in Boston, Boston guy. Uh, but I also think that if you go trade for Noah Hannafin, you're giving yourself a real possibility to re-sign him uh, over the summer.
0: No, if they trade for Noah Hannafin, they sign him the next day. They do what they did with, Lam- with uh, Hampus Lindholm. And I think that the way that they would do it would just be putting Hampus Lindholm on LTIR for the rest of the season. And there you go. Presto change I
1: I don't know, though, because Hannafin seems like he's pretty intent on going to market. I don't know yeah. if that's just a Calgary Flames kind of thing, where if you play for the Calgary Flames, you're pretty intent on seeking out free agency. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there. I, I feel like the Bruins would feel pretty good about their opportunity to re-sign him if they traded for him. Yeah,
0: I— uh... I don't know if I totally want them to, because I think that contract could uh, be big and they're not. People are very down on Lindholm this season. That was a good move for them to make. That paid off in spades. I know that they didn't go far the first year and they didn't go far last year, but they were really able to solidify the future of their back end at a time where they did not have prospects back there. I just don't know if that's where they're going to keep uh, committing money. Darren Drager on the Oilers. Edmonton wants a forward to play with Drysidle, but they're also considering Adam Henrique for third line center. And, buddy, I love that. Henrique is 34. He's having a good season. Yeah, he's old, but he can play center and left wing, which is basically every forward on the Oilers. If you get Adam Henrique, then you've got Drysidle, the nuge in Henrique who you can all slide around and use interchangeably as either a second or third line center or play on the wing with McDavid or play on the wing with whomever. I like loading up. That's like an old school Bruins move of just get a bunch of fucking centers, figure it out later. I think that would be a very, assuming it doesn't cost a ton, it would be a very prudent move if they could add Adam Henrique.
1: The cost of Adam Henrique is going to be fascinating to me because, like I said, the the top two centers that were on the board have already fallen off the board, and now Henrique is the prize center. And, you know, I was big on Henrique before. I don't know if I would pay what it's going to ultimately take to get Adam Henrique. But my bigger question to you, and, like, I don't hate the idea of him to Edmonton, but would you, like, prefer Henrique to Edmonton over, like, a Vladimir Tarasenko or a Jake Gensel, like of those three guys who moves the needle most for you as a, as a guy that could go there. Is Gensel alive? Gensel is alive. Like he's, he's hurt right now, but they can still trade him. And I expect them to still trade him. Okay.
0: Anything, anything middle six ish for the Oilers. I'm totally on board. They have their first and second round picks this year. They don't have next year's second. And I don't think they have a third or a fourth of this year, but A lot of these teams either don't have money or don't have picks to move. Oilers aren't totally in that situation. They might have to get a little creative on the money front, but guys can be double retained or something to figure that out. As long as they add a forward, I'm happy. If I were to rank them, uh, I think I go Tarasenko last.
1: I I feel like Tarasenko would be, that would be such a good fit though. Like he would just, He's, he's obviously... It'd be Kane you know. again, kind of? Yeah, right. Like, you're buying low and getting a guy who can just score a bunch of goals for you. Like, I would like to see Tarasenko there.
0: Tarasenko this year uh, has... Uh, da, 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 da. Tarasenko this year has 15 goals, 22 assists, 37 points in 51 games.
1: 32 years old. He doesn't score a billion goals if he goes to Edmonton. Right. And I guess it's just
0: a, a matter of like, do you want versatility? And if I'm the Oilers, you already have enough super duper high end talent. I think having a really difficult to play against like third line, and that doesn't mean like they're going to wear you down and they're going to push you around and everything. But just like steady Eddie in the playoffs, that shit goes a long way. I think I'm circling Henrique for the
1: for the Oilers. Really? OK, I mean, it, He's it's been around. Definitely, it's definitely not the most boring option. And uh, I like What's Adam the most Henry boring option to you. Well, the most boring option is they don't do anything. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I I don't know, like. I guess they're not. None of them are boring options. Gensel. I just like the idea of the Oilers loading up.
0: Yeah, sheesh. Gensel already has uh, twenty-two goals this season. He's having a good year. He's, I mean, over a point a game per uh, over a point a game player, which is funny because uh, one of my favorite things from this insider trading is uh, Pierre LeBrun says the Penguins will be in quote sell mode to some degree. Dubis listening on quote pretty much everyone other than quote core guys which the only guy that he named was riley smith mm-hmm. like if riley smith is the guy that you're trading you're not in sell mode
1: <laughs> right oh you mean like i love you're... riley smith
0: that guy gets traded every year no matter what
1: yeah that's not true he spent quite a bit of he time gets traded
0: business. every two years he goes to a place has an awesome first year with them signs a new contract with them and then they're in
1: Vegas for like five years.
0: He was in Vegas for so Vegas is where he stuck around for a while. And now we see.
1: He's not quite the journeyman that you're making him out to be. Like uh, Anthony Duclair is the guy who gets traded every two One,
0: years. two, three, four. He's on his fifth team.
1: So who he's what? Florida? Or no, uh Boston Dallas, Dallas Boston? Boston, Florida. Florida,
0: uh, Vegas,
1: Vegas. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's he's not Anthony Duclos. I don't say
0: journeyman with him. I say he gets traded a lot. Okay. And I know that those are kind of shades of gray. Like, I'm not, I'm not Stephanie acting the poor guy.
1: Somebody said Boone Jenner would be my dream ad for the oil. There's no way that the Columbus Blue Jackets even consider trading Boone Jenner. And it's not because that, like, they shouldn't, it's because nobody loves Boone Jenner. Like the entire organization of the Blue Jackets.
0: The Blue Jackets are under the impression they have something with Boone Jenner, which is very sweet of them. I, <laughs> I told you the other day, we like joking about that. I would not trade Boone Jenner for hockey reasons. He makes $3.75 million a year for, I want to say, two more years after this. That's a fucking awesome contract. If that team turns it around, that's a good piece to have as you're doing that. If you're going to get a haul for him, if you want to say, okay, a lot of the good pieces up front have already been moved. We're now going to come in and add someone who is going to be at the top of that list, given his contract and term. Sure, get a ton for him. But I, if I'm the Blue Jackets, we talked about it when they fired Yarmo. I'm not thinking because we're bad, we have to just trade a bunch of guys. If you don't have a bunch of guys to trade, don't trade a bunch of
1: guys. And, and they, they also need older players on that team. Like that team is so young, you can't just have a bunch of young guys out there running around like assholes and playing however they want. Like you need guys, you need more guys like Boon Jenner, not not fewer of them. I love how this turned out. We started. (laughs) We're like, hey, uh, Blue Jackets, take the Boon Jenner out of
0: your mouth for a fucking second. You're so obsessed (laughs) with them, and then like five seconds later, we're like,
1: but and if only they had five more Boon Jenners, they would be awesome. But here's the thing: if they had five more Boon Jenners, they wouldn't be obsessed with the one Boon Jenner that they have.
0: That's fair. Actually, Actually, I don't know if it is, but I like it. A little bit. I like it. Uh, Sean, have we gotten more subscribers off of uh, Pete's Gambit? No. Not crazy about that. I think I that's think on so. the. Uh... It's on the listeners and the subscribers. Uh, Do what you can, folks, to uh, fill us out there. He also says, Pierre Lebrun, the Panthers want to add a top nine forward, but they don't have the traditional assets. They don't have a first rounder until 2026. Whatever. Those picks were moved in good enough deals. Giroux, Matthew Kachuk. Then what else do we have? Coyotes, happy to move Dumba, says Chris Johnson and Zucker. More draft picks. They have 20 draft picks over the first three rounds, the next three years. Sean, are you studying up or what, bud?
2: Studying up on what? All of these guys they have to take. Oh, I, I i leave that to the fine people over at PHNX Coyotes. Although I will also, say, for the last two years, I have hosted the PHNX Coyotes draft show. Uh, so so you're a fraud if you want to talk about the last couple of drafts i am a fraud because leah prepares all the information for me and then i look very smart for four hours uh i very much appreciate it uh i was Um, gonna say by the way because i know you're we're a big pronunciation podcast uh it's zucker it's not zucker it's yeah yeah fun fact it is zucker
1: um Um, i already saying that they'd be happy to trade matt dumba and jason zucker is like
2: that's no what I was fucking say. shit, <laughs> like, Matt Dumba.
1: They, they know picked, shit. They picked up Matt Dumba
2: thinking he was going to be like Shane Gossisbear, I think, where he would kind of rebound after a year and then be able to trade him, and that was just kind of the opposite of what happened. He just has not been great. Mm. I could
1: see, I could see Dumbo being a guy that goes to like Toronto and the Leafs think they fucking landed a big fish. Sean,
0: get off the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Burn. Son. Uh, we need to we need to like uh, uh, harness the power of AI to just recognize whenever we mention the word Toronto or Maple Leafs and have that play automatically,
0: or crying or something that anything that gives context to us having a conversation about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Drager also says the Stars, Red Wings, and Devils are all in on defensemen. Stars want to add a veteran right defenseman such as Chris Tanev. I think a lot of teams want to add Chris Tanev this year.
1: How about him? Tanev of, ten of screams Dallas Stars. Yeah. Tonight. just Where'd that like, veteran go? Dallas. <laughs> yeah. where that that old uh, kind of gritty defenseman? Oh, yeah. Dallas Stars.
0: Where'd he go? Dallas. It's the old hockey cliche. Last thing I want to talk about with the trade headline is uh, the Knights put Jack Eichel, he of that bad knee of his, on LTIR. He hasn't played since January 11th. Uh, This gives them $10 million in cap relief. They now have $8.53 million in cap space. And uh, wouldn't you know it, as soon as certain teams put certain players with certain money on LTIR, everybody cries, they're cheating, they're circumventing the cap. Because if you're unaware, there is no salary cap in the playoffs. So theoretically, and I say theoretically, even though... This actually happens all the time. You can put a player who makes a ton of money on LTIR for the rest of the regular season and then go over the salary cap by however much money they're making. Then, at the beginning of the playoffs, activate the initial injured player, and bam, now you are icing a roster way richer and way more expensive than would be allowed during the regular season. A recent example of this is the uh, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. They put Mark Stone on LTIR last year. He didn't play after January 12th, and then was activated for game one of the playoffs. Famously, or perhaps infamously, the Tampa Bay Lightning did this. They got a lot of shit for it, uh, doing it with Nikita Kucherov, even though I think people were lazy and didn't realize Blackhawks would do that shit.
1: They did it. Uh, I guess Lightning are doing it again. By the way, they uh, they they broke uh, Sergeyev's body and threw him out there. Oh yeah, that was for sure an LTI, That was was for for sure a (laughs) (laughs) capital. I love. I love the idea of turning. I mean, it it sucks because it involves somebody getting seriously, seriously hurt and like horrible to look at. But, like, seeing a guy's leg, like, on backwards and being like, oh, they're circumventing the cap is like a As very soon as they bit.
0: announce that they put <laughs> them on LTIR, oh, what a surprise. <laughs> oh, so Tampa's coming to some money? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's how people kind of feel anyway. Every time that there's a, a team puts a player on LTIR. And since I built up a head of steam with this, I guess I'll just uh, finish the thought. I have never been mad at teams for doing this maneuver. This is... Not illegal. ...a rule. This is not... or This is within the rules. You are not pulling any trickeration. You are doing something you're allowed to do. Your issue is with the CBA and the league and the Players Association and all that shit. You're allowed to do this. Every team, not every team, but tons of teams do it regularly because you can do it. If Jack Eichel doesn't play again the rest of the regular season, that's a... Fucking real disadvantage the knights are putting themselves at. That's a risk that they're running. So- right,
1: and and like for last year, if you if you saw Mark Stone and his issues and his timetable, put him back, like being ready to maybe get back in the lineup two or three weeks before the the season ended, and you don't look at that and say, hmm, we can convince him to stay stay on the shelf for another two weeks. And really help our team. You're an idiot if you're running a team and you're not doing that.
0: Yeah, we're. I think we're pro circumvention boys. I don't even like the term circumvent though, because I don't. I know what that word means. I'm not. Uh, I'm no Joe Bluth over here. But circumvent, uh, circumvent has a stigma to it. Impl- right, circumvent implies that you're being an asshole, and I don't think you're being an asshole if you're doing that. You're taking an option that is there for you to take.
1: I agree. And if, like, I believe that, it, like, the the statement, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, that sort of, I believe in that. But this isn't even cheating. It's within the rules.
0: Mm. Okay, well, let's get to something very important. I say this will be weekly, but who knows? Maybe we'll forget about it and not uh, do it. Uh, the listeners have taken to... I don't want to say they've taken to Fraud Watch. Really, the only thing that they've seemed to jump onto is uh, Asshole Watch, uh, which was just kind of a tag on the idea of Fraud Watch, but we're going to do Fraud and Asshole Watch. We're doing it on Wednesday because there's a lot of Tuesday games, so Wednesday is a good day to overreact to stuff and uh, make grand declarations as to who's on Fraud Watch, who's a fraud, who's on Asshole Watch, and who's an asshole. Uh, I will say right out the gate, The Canucks, after taking an early lead against the Avalanche, blowing it, they could have tied it late. We'll talk about that in a second. Losing their third straight, the Canucks are assholes. Uh, Not on asshole watch. They were on asshole watch entering last night's game. I bet them to uh, make myself more emotional about all this, and they lost, so I'm officially making them assholes.
1: They have lost three games in a row for the first time this year, and I will add on to that uh, Asshole Watch Philip Ronick, because Philip Ronick in the third period in a two- one game, had an opportunity uh, like in the high slot with basically a wide open net, had an opportunity to just throw the puck at the net, probably would have probably would have scored, probably would have tied the game, but instead Philip Ronick Wound up for a clapper and added, like, two seconds onto his release. By the time he got the clapper off, shot was blocked. Canucks still losing. That was an incredible decision. Maybe maybe the shot would have been blocked either way. But I'll tell you what, he had a much better chance of finding the back of the net if he didn't wind up for a clapper there. And uh, Philip Ronick, the same guy earlier this season, that allegedly had that slapper that registered at like 114 miles an hour. And we were like, bullshit, absolutely no chance. And so I think Philip Heronick is, uh, is too deep into his uh, shitty slap shot bag. And that's, and that's something that, that is hard for us to say because we love slap shots. But, and we love slap shots on empty nets. But not in this case. Not in the case where you have an opportunity to tie the game.
0: So I was going to say I will not allow a player to be called an asshole for taking a slap shot. But I was watching that game, did have money on it, and did do this when he took that slap shot. So it was stupid. I think asshole watch is appropriate. That's a good use of asshole watch. He's not necessarily an asshole. It's, hey, we've noticed you really like your fucking slap shots, man. Don't make yeah, slap right. shots
1: not cool. Right. Don't uh, make slap shots a detriment. Is Ridley has Ridley Greg ruined the beautiful game that we love so much? Have to start asking the question.
0: Uh I bet Brock Faber last night to score a goal. I don't know why somebody tweeted at me as a joke, so I tagged Sean and said, "Yes, okay, let's do it." Sean replied with Santa Claus saying he doesn't care if I do it, but it's bad behavior. Uh <laughs> He had an empty net on a power play, I want to say, and missed it. I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to put Brock Faber on asshole watch. He's not an asshole, but Brock Faber is on asshole watch. Do we have any frauds?
1: I feel like Brock Faber is is uh, more suited for fraud watch. I actually agree. Yeah, he's. More I, I, I might for fraud move watch him to as soon as he only he only seems to uh, he only seems to find his game when Connor Bedard's out of the league. Hmm. And now, as soon as Connor Bedard came back, Brock Faber has turned into a pumpkin.
2: And uh, rookie point race update, he's been tied by Marco Rossi. By his teammate. Yeah, he he might get dropped out of the top two.
0: I was watching that power play last night, and I was like, stop passing it to Rossi, you idiot. Don't you care about anything? Don't you understand how hockey works? You're supposed to score, you loser. Yeah, fraud watch, I think, is fair. I'll be honest. So I made a graphic for this where there's, like, pedestals. And there's a step that's fraud watch, and then above it is frauds. And then there's a one that's asshole watch, and above it is assholes. My initial thought was we were just always going to leave fraud watch and frauds blank and then just load up assholes and uh, asshole watch and then put some cup contenders below. But I think fraud watch is fair for Brock Faber because he got this... uh, He was this little hotshot putting up a few points while... Connor Bedard was out for 14 games, and now that the spotlight's on him, he doesn't have what it takes. That's right. Brock, Brock Faber, apologies there. Uh, I like don't really Croc have any... Faber. What's that? I said more like crock Faber. What a crock that guy is, huh? That's right. Uh, uh, the Panthers beat the Senators. Sergey Bobrovsky goes after Brady Kachuk. Asshole watch. Sergey Bobrovsky and Brady Kachuk. It was way cooler when Spencer Martin and Connor Bedard did it. Get your own thing.
1: I don't like when two good players fight. I like when uh, I like when a uh, a goalie goes after a player and one of them's a little shitty, like Spencer uh, Martin.
2: I was making the point before the show. I hate when goalies go after position players. Like the only I, time I want to see a goalie fight is if another goalie, because
1: then you're just a dude in twice as much padding mm-hmm.
2: going after other skaters. Like they're not going to do anything to you. Like I but get, that's,
1: I, but, but that's how I, like 90 percent of goalie fights start. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's
2: fine if if, if it's like if it's uh, uh, means to the end, right? And then you get the other goalie involved. But if it does, if the other goalie just stays on the other end of the ice, then you're just kind of a loser. Uh, I get that. Like you need to defend yourself if you're getting run buy skaters like go for it i don't have a problem with that but it's just not it's not cool to me like you're just like i said you got twice as much padding on as everyone else you're not really like it's not much of a fair fight
1: but i don't i don't hold that against them like i like the goalies being a little yeah i i appreciate being feisty yeah that that uh that i don't think that i think it's it's lamer to have your defensemen always stick up for you or your skaters always stick up for you as a goalie no, because I disagree. they know that you're like the quarterback of the of on the ice where you I, can't touch them.
2: Like Connor Bedard's never going to fight and he shouldn't. Like you've got guys for that. You like that, that's why that that's what makes hockey fun to me is like somebody it's like pitching at somebody, throwing at somebody because the other pitcher threw at you. Like you got you got jobs here. Goalie's job is not necessarily to stick up for himself. Like you got other people to do that and it's actually like when it's a fair fight, I think you actually prove a point. If the goalie just starts throwing punches and then immediately gets separated it's like I appreciate you saying enough for yourself, but it's not that cool to me.
1: How many years do you think it takes before we get our first Connor Bedard fight in the NHL?
2: I don't think it will ever happen.
1: You don't if think that... he's ever going to fight. He's, he's going to fight at some point. Everybody. i, I, I fight
2: sure to it's the NHL. He will. But like, if you're like that, that is a failure of everyone else on that roster. Like if Nick Foligno was on his line and Connor Bedard is fighting, like that's a failure to, um, on
1: Nick Foligno. In my opinion, He's he's an adult at some point. He's, like a young adult right now but he's an adult he's allowed to make his own decisions if he wants to fight at some point he can fight yeah absolutely like i
2: i mean we talked about it yesterday i like conor bedard having a little bit of an edge to a game it would be cool if he did but you should everyone else in that organization should not want him fighting at any point i am famously
0: known for uh liking my hockey takes libertarian so i'm siding with pete on this because i like pete saying what Connor Bedard chooses to do on the ice against a consenting combatant is not Nick Felino's concern, even right, though he's literally being it. paid. I was going
2: to say he's on the roster for that. He is literally reason.
0: being paid four and a half million dollars. Uh, this is his four and a half million dollar concern. But I, I like a libertarian hockey take. I don't. That, that's not to actually bring politics into hockey. We were talking about betting on stupid things before the show. Sean, such as betting
2: on Brock Faber to score a goal. Yeah, it's, you're well within your right to do it. I, It's
1: not good behavior, but I'm not going to stop you. That's
2: me.
0: a libertarian hockey take. Uh,
1: I've got some. Cup I want also that like um, I feel like every player should at least get one. I don't know how I don't know how it would work, but like players skaters should get like a card that they can use to fight a goalie like once a year and they get to play that card. I just want to see how many fights like Jordan Bennington would be involved in. Like Jordan Bennington butt ended somebody uh, earlier this week, and I, like if that happens, the player should get to pull out like like it's a yellow card or a red card, and they just pull it out of their pants and be like, "Okay, I'm I'm fighting this motherfucker."
0: It's a it's a so you're saying a glove? <laughs> no. Do you know I'm you know what I'm talking
1: about a glove? No.
0: Yeah, Sean, you know what I'm talking about. You go up to somebody with a glove. Nope. You lightly. You lightly like laid on them. It means like we're to duel
1: now. I've never. I did not know that.
2: Yeah, it's new to me. I just want to say I, like, I think it's fun in theory, but goalie actually fighting. Like, I put a lot of value into the quality of a fight, not just a fight happening.
1: And oh no, I, I've just I like it happening.
0: So the uh, the the only I like Pete's thing too, doing a little glove slap on somebody, but uh, they would on un- like the CBA or whatever. Players Association, there would be something where there's a limit on how many times you could use it against a goalie, and Jordan Bennington would have, would reach his limit in the first game of the season. Ten yeah, guys you have, on the you, other team would say I'm fighting Jordan Bennington.
1: You have to cap it. No, you only get, like, I feel like you only get one per team or something, and, uh, and there's got to be a cap for how many times a goalie has to fight. Like, maybe two goalie fights per goalie. I'm signing like
2: John Scott's to two-way contracts, bringing them up for a day and being like, go kick this dude's ass and then enjoy uh, the San Diego goals.
0: That would rock. If a team hadn't incredible. used it in the last week of the season, they suck. Suddenly ticket sales for like the fucking ducks at the end of the season. Like you just, would be you threw the roof.
2: as fight night. Like it's, it's fight night with the Anaheim ducks and it's John Scott coming out of retirement to just beat up on, Whoever they're playing on the last day of the week, it, those tickets go crazy. Just
0: fucking like wailing on Jacob Markstrom while the Offspring is like dance fucker dance at, at a Ducks game <laughs> would that be that would be insane.
2: Live band, live yeah, Offspring. Yeah, yeah. You need Bu- Bruce Buffer there too to just do the fight intro, or I guess Michael Buffer if we're talking about boxing. Mm, incredible. Uh, I to to wrap up
0: uh, fraud and asshole watch uh, for Cup contenders. I got the. I got the Panthers, I got the Rangers, and I got uh, the Golden Knights with a screen grab of uh, their cap-friendly page.
1: <laughs> okay. Do you have any uh, cup contenders? Uh, Los Angeles Kings, back on my cup contenders list. I, uh, I okay. love the Kings, big fans.
0: Can we do uh, Kings with a picture of uh,
1: Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yes. Or with uh, Jim Hiller, who would you like there? Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and and uh, perhaps um, Quentin Byfield, if you can get a picture of both of them, like hugging or holding hands or something, put that there. We could put him on Fraud Watch, though. Where was this shit the first two years of his career? <laughs> That's true. That's Well, I mean, same with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, where was this the first half of the season? He was being Pierre-Luc Dubois.
0: I feel like it's way more understandable with Pierre-Luc Dubois than it is with uh, Quentin Byfield. Uh, all right. We'll have a graphic of that. We'll see how it looks. Uh, And uh, folks, you can always submit yours. There were some questions throughout this. Uh, They asked if we'd seen the uh, Hurricanes Pride Night jerseys. Haven't, but I think Sean is efforting. Uh, Someone asked if we ever got to the bottom of was
1: Pete at that Hurricanes game. Was not. He was not. Yeah. And the only reason that we know that for sure is because uh, Nathan McKinnon had a hat trick and I lost my mind and spent all all night on the computer making a video about it.
0: Those are good Pride Night jerseys. The gravy's those good, Sean. are great Pride
1: Night jerseys.
2: You ready for them? Yep.
0: Giving me.
1: Hard.
2: Hard. Yeah. For the best. Nice. Those are really, hockey is those are really strong. Better than
1: ever. Big night for gay hockey. This
2: is, I think these are, I have to look at all of them together, but this is the best Pride jersey I've ever seen in my entire life. The flowers in the hurricane are fucking money. But again, it's the lack of, they have to make it look like a fucking practice jersey, which
0: makes me so upset. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh... It doesn't cost any more fucking money. To add some stripes at the bottom,
2: does it? Uh, Jersey manufacturers tap in? Probably. I feel like this is just like a they have a stockpile of these, so then they could just add the logos to them as opposed to having to order new jerseys.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure they just have like they just give out a bunch of base jerseys for practice jerseys, and then they just do that this stuff.
2: Well, but I mean, if you really cared about gay hockey, black hockey, et cetera, you'd put a little more effort, a little more money into it. That's right. Uh, three stars, Sean. You got one for me, Arshdeep Bain. Shout out, uh, BC kid or boss or British Columbia. I mean, uh, made his debut for the Canucks last night. It's like fourth ever uh, player of Punjabi descent to make to play in the NHL. It was awesome. He was a kid that didn't even get drafted in like the first go of the uh, WHL draft, and so he was undrafted in the NHL. Made his debut. Uh, his dad, who was an immigrant from India, was in attendance for his debut. Had a sick, like royal blue, uh, uh, turban to th- to go with his his Canucks jersey. He looked dope. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, It was like, it's just cool. Like, you know, big, I ride for gay hockey, ride for black hockey. Now I'm riding for South Asian hockey. Uh, he did a cool, like a thing that's important. I was reading it to Punjabi culture where like he touched the ground and then touched his heart as he went out to the ice. It was really cool to see. I just love, I just love hockey being a slightly more diverse.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, That was great. Also, uh, not only was his dad there, all the other dads were there. It was the dad's trip. Making your debut on On the the dad's 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 trip is is pretty cool.
0: All the dads are like, ooh, who's the new guy? Hey, Mr. Baines. And Mr. Baines is like, "Arshdeep, let's fucking go. <laughs> Amazing. What Shout out. And I just think that like, Arshdeep is a great first name, but a Baines Canucks jersey, very
1: nice. Yeah, it's too bad that the Canucks are assholes and, and spoiled that.
0: They are assholes right now. Yeah, we don't do So we don't have any ass- assholes other than the Canucks right now. Should should assholes be like a sacred ground, or should that be what we're loading up? I'm imagining asshole watch is what gets a lot of uh, a, a lot of real estate.
1: Th- that's yeah, and the asshole watch is like a launching pad. You have to you have to exist on asshole watch for a little bit before you get vaulted to asshole.
0: Yeah, and you, you have to do some. I actually did have uh, somebody in my notes. Let me see. I had somebody in my notes that I was considering uh, sending straight to asshole
1: but uh who knows it would have to be a really egregious uh transgression to be vaulted straight to asshole
0: oh i got it right here and it's a good segue let's get to uh, this was a big hit yesterday on twitter by which i mean uh i tweeted uh my grade for yesterday's slate called it the slate grade pete said good idea let's do it in the show so we're gonna do a slate grade gets you ready for tonight quick little run through of the games and a grade of how good this is. There is an asshole watch in this slate grade. So we got Bruins at Oilers, Stanley yes. Cup final preview. I'm psyched about this game. They're playing again in a couple of weeks in Boston. I'm worst case, I go on a credential, but I would love to go with the boys. Mm-hmm. Oilers, Sorry. Bruins, what a party that would be. Uh, Boston coming off a galvanizing shootout win Monday. Oilers have won three of four. This is iron, sharpening iron. By far the best game tonight. I have to check to see if we can watch the Sportsnet feed. Will it be, Pete? Will it probably be blacked it'll, out it'll here? It'll be, be blacked,
1: blacked out. out. Yeah. yeah. Do I have
2: to get a fucking VPN? Or just a uh, little
1: oh, stream, stream? Oh, wait. Never mind. It's a TNT game anyway. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. yeah. So, no bueno. Solid TNT lineup tonight.
2: Good TNT what's the, lineup. What's the Blackhawks is the early game. So Which, you got Flyers, Blackhawks.
1: That that's uh, a good TNT lineup.
2: I mean it's Connor kind of Bedard. You but get so, to see Connor Bedard on national TV and then against a fun Flyers team, and then you get a like a Stanley Cup preview, potentially.
0: Wrong. Feisty Bedard against torts. We're on oh, we're on that. Hallway Torts like, watch tonight. If, if
2: Bedard, if Bedard hits another Michigan and torts fucking face, best game of the night. We will so the odds on uh hallway cam of
0: torts tonight is minus seven fifty. <laughs> Bedard's gonna do fucking something, and we're gonna see Torts in the hallway.
1: Bedard's, Bedard's first NHL fight came, coming against John Tortorella would be incredible,
0: amazing. And he's like, "What? I played the. I've I've had this glove forever." By the way, shout out the chat. People being like, "Oh yeah, hell yeah." You make apparently it's you make the person sniff your glove. You put it. I know that you take the glove and you just like lightly, kind of like brush it across their face. It's very insulting. And then you have to shoot each other with guns.
1: So is that, like, is that like the medieval bitch slap? Is you just like like caress their face with your glove?
0: I know there was a, an episode of The Simpsons where Homer found out about it and was very into it. And he kept slapping people with the glove. And they played, they did, uh, the song was uh, Glove Slap to the tune of Love Shack. Hell yeah. And they were like, Glove Slap, I don't take crap. The Simpsons.
1: Uh you got Sabres
0: uh, at Canadians. I was sabres gonna say come...
1: that that's like the opposite of a like a face wash. You have a face wash as like a scrum thing, as a scrum staple, and the uh the opposite of that is you just like caress their face with your glove, and that that indicates that you want a duel.
0: Yeah, hey, feel my knuckles, loser, and then you go like that to their face. Uh sabres coming off Mike Harrington, trading the whole team. Canadians have lost four or five. If the Sabers lose, they might just go straight to assholes. They
2: might fair. leap past asshole watch. I I, I don't fair. know if this makes me an asshole. I am now full blown Sabers Macklin Celebrini. Like I'm I'm all the way in. It's over for the Sabers. You might as well just start losing. Uh, not I, don't it, take I, don't actually try to lose games. Obviously, but uh, Sean Too much is ground to make up. Is Sean on poor sport watch? Oh, not to uh, fuck ground. It's lottery season, baby. Yeah, so fair. this is the Felger thing. Well, I mean, they're going to gain ground in the lottery too, but he's used to losing, and losing becomes okay. Not I no, am Sean. used to losing. It's not okay, but you got, they lose. Buffalo is a city of losers. It's not so good. You behavior. Might well, you might as well get another first round pick, first overall pick out of it. Uh, Leafs at Coyotes. Coyotes have lost 10 in a row,
0: meaning. The Leafs start the day on asshole watch because if they lose to the Coyotes, they're for sure assholes, and that's hilarious. And they're going to
1: lose to the Arizona Coyotes. Worth pointing out that they have Leafs not suck lost. suck
2: against the Coyotes. They do, historically, they especially do in Toronto. The they have not beaten the Coyotes in Toronto in, like, 22 years. But this is at in, this is in Arizona, so Mullet. it's different,
1: yeah. Uh, worth pointing out, that the Leafs have not lost since Morgan Riley had his little temper tantrum. So, galvanizing, bit of... Uh, Poor sportsmanship from Morgan Riley.
0: Galvanizing tantrum. And you got the Blue Jackets at the Ducks. Uh, Bounce back, Wierenski. I have placed a wager on Zach Wierenski over a point tonight.
1: (laughs) Don't love that, but I hope it happens for his sake.
2: Uh, uh, Just back on the Coyotes real quick. Uh, Austin Matthews is 100% scoring tonight. He scores like every
1: time he's in Arizona
2: because he's eventually going to be an Arizona Coyote. Uh, So Coyotes with... Also with, he also
1: uh, scores every night. He uh, that's
2: also true, but so maybe two goals tonight because he We have yet,
1: we Matthews. have yet to talk about like Austin Matthews 70 goals like very much a possibility.
0: I'm starting to see a lot of is Austin Matthews the best American scorer? Is he the best Maple Leaf? And I'm like, "Oh, imagine not having done that like 2 years ago." Right.
1: That is I remember we were in we were in uh In California, like a year and a half, two years ago, and I tweeted out, like, I think Austin Matthews is going to be the best American player ever. And everybody's like, oh, Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane. Oh, and it's like, yeah, I'm not saying, like, obviously he's not as accomplished as Patrick Kane, but he's fucking, he's so good. I saw something, I saw a a program recently
0: with people that I trust, sports people I trust, asking, uh, where is Mahomes? All time among quarterbacks. Is he like approaching? I forget what name they threw out there, but I was like, everybody knows Mahomes is either the first or second best quarterback ever. Like, we should be well past. Is he, I don't know, is he Ben Roethlisberger? Is he Peyton Manning? Is he this or whatever? Like, he is probably
1: the best. QB's ranked Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. And Quinton Byfield.
0: No, QBs. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, Took me a second, but that I, was, I love that. That was very good. Uh, QBs ranked. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to like fire off a power play QB, but right now I like Quinton Byfield more than I like any defenseman. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who's not a good power play QB. Brock Faber. <laughs> dicking around back there.
1: Zero points. Fucking bum. I, it's I feel, still stunning that he had no points in that uh, Wild Canucks game. I'll tell
0: you, the, 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 the heat is too hot. Uh, you want to hear my Brock Faber impression? I feel very bad that we're making fun of a player. But uh, you want to hear my Brock Faber impression? Yes. No! No! Turn him off! <laughs> off! Turn off the lights!
1: Turn, turn off, off the
0: lights! Off! I am so, I said this the other day to, to, I think both of you, um, I really can't have Trump be president again because we need to at least be able to like have that far enough away that we can like use a meme like that off, turn him off. If he's president, it's too real. So, uh, get, do your civic duty, subscribe to what chaos on YouTube. Hey, we finally talked politics again and we got a subscriber. We got one subscriber. Yes, we hell did. yes. Ooh,
1: elbow grease. Shout out to Our- that one subscriber. I don't know who who you are, but shout out to you. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow.
0: We're gonna have. I mean, oh, I never gave a grade for the slate. The slate tonight, a minus.
1: What? That's yeah. way too high.
0: No, Crazy. I'm always. So not not to spoil. It's always gonna be an A or an A minus. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: It's my five bags of popcorn. I'm always going to give okay. it a great grade because because okay, uh, sure. I love hockey. I almost, dude, I almost fucking thought about uh, doing the bit with the Quinton Byfield goal, but people would have lost their minds. I was gonna do the like, uh, congratulations for fucking stopping the game for a minute and a half while everybody cried about your fucking precious goal. I like hockey. Make a fucking play instead. Oh, congr- Oh, you almost lost your stick and the game had to stop because you scored a goal. I like watching
1: hockey. This sucks. Get back but- to the action.
0: Yeah, but then too many... There's there's too many ways people would have been stupid about that. So I just left that alone. But Quentin Byfield, if you got any more of those goals, I'll take it. One last thought. I did consider throwing Zach Wierenski into to the trade discussion to just be like, if you're a team, you give the Blue Jackets a call after last night and be like, hey, probably not going to happen, but does he want a fresh start?
1: <laughs> Stock's never been lower.
0: Yeah. Like, we'll take, we'll, we'll take a great defenseman who's, what, 26 years old, locked up for the next, like, six, seven years or whatever. That goal was really bad. We'll give you a second-round pick for him straight up. Out the door. Golden Knights are going to get Zach
1: Wierenski <laughs> and circumvent the cap with him. That'd be the best. I hate that that goal came against the Blue Jackets, both because like I saw the response, like, oh, it doesn't count, came against the Blue Jackets, and because, like, haven't they been through enough already? The Blue Jackets are having a miserable year. They don't need Quentin Byfield rubbing his nuts all over their face. Mm, I think it's good for the league.
0: They, I mean, he's got to rub his nuts against somebody.
1: It's true. I just wish it was against somebody less depressing already. What if it? oh, what if it was against Jake Wallman? Oh my god! It would have broken the
2: internet. <laughs>
1: uh, the only thing that was missing from Byfield's goal, the celebration, there wasn't much of a much in the way of a of like a a really grand celebration.
0: So I suggested this. Didn't really get much. Uh, uh, Feedback or buy-in from the the boys, so I dropped it. But I was going to do a player safety video on the Morgan Riley thing. Cue the get off the Maple Leafs, and I was going to have way too much shit going on in it. And after grieg scored the goal, I was gonna have like the Wallman doing the gritty and just like a bunch of shit that would make Leafs fans as angry as possible. I've wanted to drop Jake Wallman doing the gritty into a lot of things. And I don't know, maybe I, maybe I bring Jake Wallman into this Byfields highlight somehow. We need more people doing Dude. the gritty, but we don't. We need Jake Wallman doing the gritty during more things. We need
1: Nikita Zadorov doing the gritty during more things.
0: Dude, that was such a fucking bad gritty.
1: I that guarantee was tr- that was the first time he's ever tried to do the gritty in his life.
0: It's like when this happens all the time. It used to happen to me when people would try to do what's this thing? The, the, uh, Fortnite dance where like, you're kind of humping and you're swing. Yeah. That Flossing, thing. Yeah. When people try to mimic it as I just did, it looks so fucking, st- you look so dumb yeah. and it doesn't look, you're like kind of doing the running man. It looks horrible. That's what Zadorov's gritty looked like.
1: You ever see the the video of the kid, the little kid who uh, his mom was yelling at him in the kitchen? I guess he was, like, doing the flossing. He was doing, like, the flossing at school or something and got in trouble. And his mom was, like, disciplining him and telling him to do the – like, you want to do the Fortnite dance? Go ahead and do the Fortnite dance. was, like, yelling at at him at home. And he was just bawling his eyes out doing the saddest floss (laughs) you've ever seen in your life. It was so funny.
0: My thing with the Zadorov was uh, his his gritty was the kid, you know the line of the kids dabbing?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the be-
0: they're all doing these like ultra dabs and the kid walks up and is like <laughs> That was Zadorov, trash ass yeah. gritty. Uh, all right. Well, tomorrow we will recap an incredible slate of games. Bruins Oilers I I feel like we should do something for it, but you're sick, and I don't know what we would do. So uh, get on the YouTube if you haven't. Like Spike if you haven't. Press every button you can. It helps us a lot, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.